Hello and welcome to Merlin Leadership Unplugged. The reason I wanted to create this podcast is to show everybody that leadership is accessible, achievable and something that everybody can do in their lives if they want to. In this podcast, we will focus on sharing some amazing stories from inspirational leaders both within Merlin and outside and stories that will help us all connect and relate with that journey. I hope you find this a great learning opportunity, that you enjoy listening to these stories and that you can see that anybody can be a leader if they choose to. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to another episode of Merlin Leadership Unplugged. Uh, today's a unique one and one that I've been thinking about for the last three or four weeks since we booked uh, these lovely guests that I'm going to introduce in a minute. Um, it's a very personal and close uh, one to my heart. Uh, it's one that I think a lot of people will connect with um, and it's one that really highlights the magic, the support, the love that this business gives its employees uh, in an active, actual, practical, daily way. So uh, I hope you all enjoy it. Uh, I have with me Steve Blackburn and Conrad Halabuda. Spot on, yes. Uh, thank you for your time today. Thank you for coming in. Uh, in your finery, looking amazing. Um, shall we start with some intros for yeah. those of you out there in the Merlin world or the wider world uh, that don't know you? So Steve, tell us a bit about yourself. So I'm Steve Blackburn. I'm a new openings director. So I've been doing that role for quite a while. I've been in Merlin for 22 years. Uh, spent a lot of my time in London, Chesington, uh, Madame Sword's Vienna and now in New Vienna. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a cool place to work. Yeah, yeah I loved it. Yeah. Did you t take like a boat to go to work? No, I no. But I mean it was it was a great place to work. I what love what it. an amazing experience. Yeah. Amazing. And Conrad? So I'm Conrad and I work in the digital resorts team as a digital product manager. So I look after the single web platform, so websites. And just been here fourteen months. And just really excited where things are going and yeah, really happy to have joined. Where did you join from? I used to be in Bridgen College, so I used to run all the digital stuff there and um, I was there for eight and a half years, so yeah, it was good. Wow. Yeah, yeah. A different environment to a college then? Very, but <laughs> same principles, yeah. you know, with uh, everything we're doing with the, the group and stuff, so, yeah. which I'm sure we'll touch on. <laughs> you say you look after the website... Uh, is that the Merlin external website? So basically, you, yeah. yeah. So, we're, so we got it's called the single web platform SWP. So every website that somebody will go to book, I try and do talking with the ecom teams and try and make enhancements. So the main project that wow. uh, we've been doing is excitement, trying to make things. You, know, you want people to be excited when they go to a website. You know, we're in this digital age with Instagram and TikTok reels. So. You know, when somebody lands on the website, I don't want it being boring. We want it being flashy, in your face, because you want people to get excited to book. Yes. So that's been my project since joining, and Touchwood has been going really good. Fabulous. Exciting times. Very, yeah. So I've been getting really stuck in, and great support from all the teams as well. So Nice. Yeah. Thank you. Um, I met you, Steve, for the first time <coughs> at the Alton Towers Conference yep. almost a year ago, in June... 22 what year are we in? yeah june 22 um and i met you because graham my boss um spoke about um 
a colleague that I need to be introduced to that I don't yet know and that we might have shared experiences yeah. in terms of outside of work and our families and our children. And then we started talking. Um, and then at the same time, um, you uh, spoke or the Intel group was kind of being set up. Um, and for those that haven't yet discovered what the Intel group is, can we say a bit about that? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So what do we do? I mean, it was a it was about a year ago when I was having conversations with a couple of people internally, um, Emma Pankhurst and Sandra Sheehan, and we were talking about uh, ev- everyone who works for Merlin. There's lots of people who have lived experiences of those with disabilities or accessibility issues, and I was talking about my child quite a bit, and they said, "Look, w- why don't you?" Would you like to join this group called the Internal Intelligence Group, where we will provide intelligence to Merlin and our attractions to try and improve accessibility? Um, turns out I'm now chairing the group, which was a, which is a great experience. We we started with about seven members pretty early on, you, you guys included, um, and then in December we produced a video where we told our story, mm. which was which was amazing, really good opportunity. Um, and that has since led to the internal intelligence group just becoming a real major thing. I think we've got over 30 members globally. That's um, amazing. So that's 30 team members with lived experiences of those with disabilities or have disabilities or accessibility issues themselves. So we've pulled together a beautiful little community. Um, even yesterday, a couple of new people introduced themselves and... Um, and those messages were, were were deep and important. And it was nice for those people to be able to have a place where they can share some of their own experiences because it's not it's not easy going through what most of us go through. Um, and now we've got a really cool place where we can get together, we can have each other as support, but also now we are providing really, really good intelligence to, to the company. Um, and everyone in Merlin has been so... Um, amazing in terms of the reception we've we've got from the group and there is not one person who hasn't um who, who's, who's come up to me and doesn't see the worth in it every single person sees that the worth that we're bringing to this so yeah the internal intelligence group is set up to provide intelligence to merlin um because we have those lived experiences we know how difficult it is to go out on a day out and how it, how difficult it is to go and visit an attraction and so anything we can do to provide intelligence to improve our guests day and our team members day then that's what we're there for yeah and i i think since it's been set up there's been a lot more um coordinated interest in how can we be even better? What Absolutely. can we do to improve our services? Um, one of the things that we did on Friday was that call with, with the Midway attractions in, in London. And um, they were looking at specific questions around accessibility, sign language, a lot of things that we we didn't necessarily have sort of that group to, to coordinate and answer and and I know we didn't have all the answers yeah. for, for their questions, but we found people who knew <coughs> other people who could get us to the solutions. And yeah. I, there's, there's an amazing power in, in that happening in a big corporate where every single one of these members has a full-time job. Yeah. So this yeah. this is an, a, an additional parallel thing that we're doing. Absolutely, yeah. And, um, and and you're right, every single person on the group has a full-time job um, and we're busy. You know, There's lots going on at the moment, but every single person's giving up their time to, to provide the intelligence and you're right the call with London was great the other day um, 
because we got to tell some of our stories, which will improve the way our guests come and visit yeah. our attractions and the way our team are trained to, to look after guests with additional needs. Yeah, and, and, and how they approach it. Mm. Absolutely. What has been for you, Conrad, since you joined, you're like just a bit over a year in Merlin and this group exists and you've become a member of it sort of a few months in. Um, how did it feel, that first call, that first introduction when you came into the group? Um, quite nervous if I'm honest because I'm new to the company so yeah. you know and Merlin like you said being such a big group you know of different pockets you know th- the learning curve from going from somewhere where I knew everything in the college to here with all the different areas different resorts things like that was really uh, mind-blowing you know so but I think after the first meeting I then got contacted by Sandra for Legoland UK because they were doing an autism little project for the staff and I thought well I'll use some of my digital skills and do a video and I had a video picture with Hunter Stinnen and Hunter is your son Hunter's my son yeah so um yeah 11 turning 15 by the his attitude <laughs> but it's okay pre-puberty uh, hormones in the household yeah. we can do another podcast <laughs> on that alone. but it was so powerful that mm. people would message me on teams and and I think when you just said about power, you know, the power this Intel group has now, just to, it's almost just giving out someone a hand to hold while they're yes. working. Yeah. You know, and then soon those resorts and midways will be able to run with this. And that's all just from talking and a little bit of you know, guidance. And so that's really powerful. And I'm all about trying to get people together to do that. Yeah, it's because it's important. That's why when we first got the diagnosis, I was like, "Well, this is it." You know, I got to do something. So that's why I started doing all the autism awareness campaigning in Wales, and yeah, did my TED talk, which was really good. Doing another one soon, so I've been asked to go back, and people want to know about the story. Yes, if that gives just someone just a glimmer of hope, then I'm happy. Yeah, and it's um, it's processing from the stage of diagnosis <coughs> to getting to the stage of I know enough to be able to start supporting yeah. my child in the way that they yeah. need to su- to be supported. Um, it's like the biggest change curve personally I have gone through in yeah. my life. Yeah, and I, I I I don't know about you. I mean, for Daisy, did you know quite quickly was a <coughs> diagnosis something that came up? Early on, or uh, no, not really. Okay. So we, I mean, we had we had the twins. We got we have we had Daisy and Lily, and I think instantly we knew there was something not right mm. um, because they're supposed to be identical twins and they weren't identical. So I think we just had a feeling we we didn't like even the, visually. You mean yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, and the way she cried was very different. It was it was more like a bark than a cry. It was very really strange. Um, and then she missed all of her milestones. Mm. So she was a really difficult baby. Wouldn't eat you know wouldn't sleep still doesn't sleep um and because she she never sat up she just couldn't we could not get the child to to sit up um <clears throat> so we tried and tried and tried um and we persisted and i think we were really strong in that persistence i think we uh, most people probably would have given up thinking there was no hope but finally she sat up and i remember i was traveling um i was opening one of our attractions and my wife sent me a video of her sitting up and <sighs> like oh god yeah like 
yeah, I was in tears. It was I was a mess, but um, so that was good that was mess. Great. Happy yeah, mess. no, really, yeah, really happy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was good. And then uh, we got Daisy's diagnosis, <coughs> which was Phelan McDermott syndrome. Mm-hmm. So she's missing a small piece of chromosome twenty two. That's all it is. Um, we got that diagnosis in February twenty twenty, and then we went into COVID lockdown. Um, so the NHS was non existent, really, for us. They had other things to worry about. So we went through about nine months with having this diagnosis and then no Not support, nothing. Uh, it, it, if anything, we just had to Google what it was. And with her <sighs> syndrome, that little they labyrinth. present very differently. Mm. Yeah. So then, you know, you started questioning anything. Some of them were, were she'll never walk. And again, you know, we persisted. We made her stand up and try and take a step. And... And we're trying to do this with a child who can't communicate, has mm. learning difficulty. So, you know, for her, she doesn't understand what we're trying to do. But we, we stood her up every day over and over again. And then she took our first step. And again, it was just one of those amazing moments. And, and now she walks. She walks and, and we were persistent in making her walk. So she does walk. Um, <coughs> she feeds herself with her hands, which is a messy affair. But she's incontinent. She needs 24-hour care. Um, if I, if you just took her to an attraction and let go of her hand, she'd be gone because she can't communicate. She doesn't know where she is, but bright colours attract her, so she wants mm. to to go off and explore. And explore, yeah. Um, and you know, we've been having conversations recently. You know, with the kids on Easter half term, I think she's really missed school. She's she's really engaging at school. She's doing too. really well. I really found. And that. so for the last couple of weeks, she's been quite frustrated. You mm. can just tell it in her. Um, the routine is lacking. Yeah, yeah, the but, routine is so important, but again, she, she she doesn't speak, so it, you just have to look for every single cue, and you're right. You don't get trained for it, so it's a whole change to your life. Yeah. Um, there's no instruction book. That's the, the biggest thing I, I took away from it is when you got the diagnosis, there wasn't suddenly this, right, your child's got this syndrome, yeah. so here's all the things you can do. You just have to do it yourself. You have to find out, you have to speak to other parents, and you have to speak to other people in the group. Yeah. And you guys are a few years ahead of me yet. And in the whole, when she's 10, 11, 12, I don't, I don't know what that's going to be like. Um, and it's a constant fear for us. Um, and so, so it is a worry. How do, how do we deal with that in later life? But the, the one thing we do say to each other, um, my wife and myself, is you know, every time we've hit an obstacle, we've, we've come through it. And we'll continue to come through it because, because you have to. Um, but that's one child we've got. Lily, who's completely, you know, neurotypical, quite, you know, just an average, the other average half child. Of the twin. Yeah, the other half of the twin. Yeah, and she's um, in normal mainstream school. She still wants to do the things mainstream kids do. Go um, to parties. Have yeah, friends. she she wants to go out and and have a day out. And nine times out of ten, it all becomes all about Daisy because we've got to look after mm. her. We've got you know, mm. so we 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 try not to forget that Lily is just a a little girl and just wants to have a life like a little girl albeit she's four years old and she is a full-blown carer you know she looks after her sister she um supports us as parents whenever we need anything that's amazing yeah she she's great and um she keeps winning awards for compassion at school at four years old which is which is beautiful you know and we're we're really proud of both kids really um and is there another member on yes. route yeah on route yeah within within the next few weeks yeah there'll be a there's another little girl coming into the family so Amazing. You know, god willing she's um she's all happy and healthy and and it's beautiful for lily she, in in later life she has a a, a sister she can communicate with and, and talk to but lily's still hopeful about daisy talking 
constantly says, one day she'll talk, one day she'll talk. And well, it's interesting because you mentioned all these like medical diagnoses that said she's not going to do this, she's not yeah. going to do that. And then the amount of stories in my network and in groups that I've taken part in, and my, my son attends a specialist school, so we have the, the usual mum's WhatsApp and, yeah. you know, have, have our, our little rants on a Friday whenever we need to. Um, the stories that I hear is, the doctor said this, we just went and proved them wrong. Yeah, yeah, that's the, right. The midwife said this, or, you know, and, and we just proved them wrong. And I love hearing those stories because the differentiator is a set of parents that just took n- didn't That's take right. no for an answer and just went and persevered anyway, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's beautiful that they said, oh, forget it, she's not going to do that. And you were like, well, yeah, try and yeah. stop me. But, it's, I mean, you, you do the best you can for your kids, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and again, that's... A lot of us in the group have all been through this and experiencing the same thing. And, you know, we had, uh, you know, some emails yesterday about some some life-changing issues mm. that people go through. And they still come to work every day. They yeah. still worry about making sure all of our guests come into our attractions and have fun. Also knowing what they have to go home to every day um, and what they have to think about every day. Um, so, yeah, it's an, it's an amazing thing to be part of, really. And it, 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 it doesn't stop... Um, like it's not like I'm at work and that has stopped existing. It's ongoing, yeah. right? Yeah. It's always on the back of your mind. Yeah, um, yeah it is. It's really. Um, you touched on a good point though um, about talking to other parents, and I thought that was key. Mm. So when we had the diagnosis. It was just like, when did you have the diagnosis? Uh, when Hunter was three, so quite early. For it's very similar to us. And because um, we were getting told he was naughty and nursery <sighs> and. All this, and I'd be like, "Come on, Hunter, that's not right." Wouldn't sit in a queue. <laughs> yeah, and then this one lady noticed he was playing with the water till he was mm. blue, and mm. she said, "You should talk to a doctor about pediatrician." That's it. So um, they did that, and we had the diagnosis two days before his third birthday, and then it really opened my eyes. Like, I c- all of a sudden, when we were going through that process, I felt guilty. Because, yeah, when I was going to nursery to pick him up and I was getting told he's been naughty, like, come on, you're not having this, you're not, you know, that's naughty. And then, like, literally, like, a year and a half of guilt hit me. Because I was like, well, he wasn't. Mm. He was just trying to communicate. He's different. Yeah, but different, not less, like they say. Yeah, he's and different. So then I vowed from that day, I'll never, you know, I'll always just, sub- you know, well, what's the way to try and be supportive wherever yeah. I can not judging him not you yeah. know telling and him off but it made me think about other things I've seen like when I was in school and mm. you know and loads of different things so it was quite interesting because going back to what you said talking about parents so we thought you know me and my wife were quite out there and dynamic and a bit wild mm. we were like well we've got to do something so we started our autistic wheels on Facebook and started you know where we go places we asked them if we could do little reviews and and then we used to get hired out just a local leisure centre and get parents talking. And that's how I found where I could really find out. You know, because like you said, looking at Google, things like that, you don't know what you're seeing. Mm. But when you're actually talking to other people and finding out about their experiences, and I remember this one lady said, you know, for me it's always about picking the battles. Because Hunter would have his iPad when he's eating or use his hands when he's eating. And I was like, well, he's eating, so what's the, what's the problem? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and that's when, you know, we started this journey trying to just raise awareness on it because in South Wales it's pretty rubbish. Yeah, there wasn't much going on 
Um, in terms of support mechanisms, support, yeah. shows that were non-existent. Uh, but then I got in contact with um, the Welsh Autism Show, and we did uh, a setup up there and talking to people, and that's how the talks I do started, and it really steamrolled. Mm. And yeah, we got to, I got to be a governor of a school, got to be a governor of college to help steer. So it's trying to use that passion I got and everyday living to try and help others is yeah key and uh, but it is hard you know, yeah. you're right you like you say you work you know it doesn't stop it d- it's an ongoing it thing stop and it, you do think about things and you do think about like yesterday when i posted in the group hunter stimming you know i want you know, i know i'm not the only one who was having yeah. that type of thing so it's nice just to share in our group and you get this and then comments things like that and it's like yeah like come on let's go let's do it and get your yeah, I'll do it then, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Have you spoken to him about autism? Yeah. So from day one, you know, um, he he knows the word. He knows what it yeah. means. Um, we didn't want to shy away from it mm-hmm. because you just got to know, isn't it? Really, because there was times in one of his schools before we changed schools, you were like, "Daddy, the kids don't want to play with me because I do this, I do that," mm. and I was like, "Welcome to because you." You know, and I say to him, you because know, you're autistic, you're autistic, you know, and your brain's wired a little bit different. I said, but you know, you might be socially still into Paw Patrol, but academically, you're like a scientist, you know. So, and um, so we've embraced it. Paw Patrol is great. Oh yeah, Marshall's great. Sorry, I'm, I'm a total Marshall guy. So <laughs> Paw Patrol is the bomb. Why not? Yeah. But um, you know, but like kids, uh, when he was in school before mm. we moved in we're like oh Fortnite yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they're more into like teenage stuff yeah so that was quite difficult and a little transition but then um like I said me and my wife are quite artistic you know we thought so we started making him t-shirts you know autism and proud and so I if we went that. to a play center he would wear that he would wear it you know and we did work with someone's state football club and he was the poster you know so then if people saw him and recognized him they knew. They knew. And that was like a, sp- you know, that's the marketeer in me. Yeah. You know, so I've been in this like digital world for 20 years, it. you know. So uh, we used to do loads of stuff like that. Um, it helped. You know, because when you're in a play center and, you know, it's quite bu- busy, bustling. Um, yeah, it's really. It helps them manage and it, and it helps him as well. Yeah. Um, when, when you do go out, um, and it's in a place where, you know, the, there isn't maybe um, the things that you would ideally like to be there in terms of the the structure, the noise levels, the music. I, I don't know about you, but since I got um, my son's diagnosis, I'm a lot more conscious about noise levels. Yeah. And I don't know mm. whether, you know, that is just me being aware for him or old age or whatever it is, but I'm just like, this is loud. Yeah. This soft play is extremely loud, or yeah. this place is extremely loud. Um, and obviously, there's things you can do, like he's wearing his ear defenders. There is sense sessions we can go where it's much quieter. But before you go, is there that anxiety of very subconsciously, I don't know what the hell I'm going to see, what I'm going to have to cope with? I, f- I feel like for me, every time we go somewhere, I'm constantly time. thinking, yeah. do I need to have a plan B? <coughs> what is plan C potentially looking like? Do, do yeah. you do you do that when yeah. you go out with Daisy? Yeah, I think um, it, it, it's not a normal day out. You just don't 
grab a bag and go mm. like you grab a bag daisy special wheelchair chair sometimes a feeding chair we have to take because we we don't know if there's going to be high chairs or high chairs yeah. outfit daisy um we plan every single detail nine times out of ten we have to drive because we've got so much stuff so we don't take her on public transport which is a shame because lily likes riding the train right so it's it's, yeah. a, sh- it's a shame that she doesn't get that experience um and then the when we're out nine times out of ten we're, we're looked after as as well as we can be because we've done the pre-planning and we've thought about and it and you've informed them do you tend to, to let them know that absolutely you, yeah. yeah but i mean at the same time then i've also changed daisy in the middle of a middle of a room because they don't have the facility so mm. you just have to take your four-year-old child and change her in in front of people because they just don't have the facilities in place so it doesn't always work out but most of the time we go to places we know we can take her because they've got the facilities other places we we actually just don't take her because and that's the hardest thing i think is you want to go out on a family day out but then you have to leave your child at home because it's too difficult uh and you and you can't take her to some of those places we took lily to go and see frozen in the theater didn't take daisy how how could we take daisy she's not going to sit still for a couple of hours so um she has to stay at home and it's heartbreaking Mm. for us those those first experiences we don't get with both kids um so yeah a day out is a planned day out where you've thought about every detail or you don't go um and that's it's not that's not easy Mm. and it's it's a constant kind of decision making process because of the other child who's yeah. neurotypical and wants to do all the four or five year old things yeah. you're constantly having to assess the Absolutely. situation yeah and and i think that's the that's that's why this group is so important and talking about accessibility is so important so thank you for the opportunity to come here yeah. i mean um just the ability to talk about it to provide intelligence to the attractions who can and and want to make a change and and make um their attractions as accessible as possible is why we're here to support and that's why we all do it as a side part of our job because we know how important it is to those families who want a day out and we can provide it if we if we get it right yeah and and we're we're learning in the process as customers yeah. and merlin employees absolutely um i was having a chat yesterday another um another podcast chat and we were talking about this sense of belonging um, and my story is that um, I've worked in two previous organisations and it's not something they did or didn't do, but I, I don't think I was quite ready to talk about Mechalis in those previous two organisations because I was going through my change curve and everything that came with that, yeah. testing, genetic testing, you know, a lot, a lot of things that are involved with we've had a child, there's a diagnosis, what do we do next yep. and everything that that brings. And... The story I shared yesterday was that in my first ever interview, um, I shared that my son is autistic in my interview with Merlin four years ago. And I said, and for that reason, flexibility is key for me. And there will be times where I need to go and do his annual review for two hours. I hate annual reviews. Um, There will be times where um, he's got an urgent medical appointment in (coughs) London. And I, you know... And and the answer was just phenomenal yeah. and supportive. And at, at that stage, I didn't even know I had the job or not. But it was so important for me to say, if I'm coming in, this is the whole me. Yeah. And I need to know your stance. And I was like, I, I went back in the car and I thought, first, I shared it. 
what happened there. Mm. And second, I showed it and I don't even have the job. Mm. So there was something in that interview that made me feel very, very comfortable to go, this is the whole me. Yeah. I'll, I'll come to you first because you're kind of the latest addition yeah. to, to Merle. Did you feel that? Definitely. Yeah. So Zach was um, talking about building as a whole and stuff. And Zach's your boss? Yeah. Your manager? So Zach Rag, yeah, wicked guy. Love him. <laughs> uh, uh, really supportive. Yeah. So, you know, act, you know, so, yeah, this, you know, I wouldn't be doing this if it wasn't for the sport. But I think from the interview there, we we started talking about um, life and I said, look, you know. This is my life. This is my life. And Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, my son expects me at this point at the school and we changed schools. So his school's 40 minutes away from my house. Yeah. I said, I will work my hardest, I will do anything, you know, I won't let a project fail, but I need to be at that spot. And so we ended up having three interviews, because then I got, we had, he gave me a task to do. So again, didn't even know if I had the job, you know, so I had to do the task. But you shared it. But I shared it. Yeah. And even though I do share, you know, I wear my heart on my sleeve, got a tattoo, then, <laughs> you know, that's my motto. Um, it felt relief, you know, yeah. because... I think for me, I, w- you know, I was right next to a school in the college, literally five minutes. So I really wasn't looking to change. But like going back, you know, we did the Merlin match. So I'm just going to like rewind a little bit. But so we wanted to always try Legoland because Hunter loves Lego. Before you joined Before Merlin. I joined. So this was year round about 2016. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, I, I, I don't know. It's a long trip. You know, How is it going to be? Exactly. Yeah. And then we heard what Merlin Magic wants. We thought, oh, well, if we get the tickets. Do you apply for tickets so through the Magic? I love it. <coughs> and the photos we got, uh, it, ju- it was just amazing. And then... Um, did you go to the sensory room? Yeah, lev- uh, yeah then we did Brick Week. We could we live in Hallow. sensory room whenever it, we go. It's so amazing. And, and the staff are just so in tune yeah. with it, which is mm. really key. You know, when... Like the evenings with the when he come down singing, he had his ear defenders on, and the staff member was like, "Oh, come over here if you want to dance, and it's not so loud." And it's just little things like that that you that make that the biggest difference. Oh, and it hits you yeah. right here. And, and to the parent, right? Because yeah. your child yeah. is taken into account yeah. rather than is, ignored. This is key. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And so I ended up doing like this TED, but every photo was Legoland, and stay. My wife Stacey, who I loved a bit. Um, gotta say that <laughs> she um, said, "Well, this million contacted you, and uh, you know they Legoland. You know, think." And she goes, "You know, your digital skills and everything would be amazing. It'd be silly not to." And after that first interview, I felt really comfortable to talk about it. Yeah. Second interview, I did this project, and the way me, Zach, and Melanie Becker were talking in this interview, you know, all over Teams, but I could feel the passion and the the power. Yeah. And yeah, and here I am, and absolutely loving it. It's a great addition to Merlin. <laughs> yeah. How was it for you being in the business for so many years, and then the twins arrived, and you know you you had your career, you were yeah. kind of growing, <coughs> and you've got two kids overnight, yeah. and then after a, a bit of a time, you you get this diagnosis. How how did you how how did you manage that? I, th- I think the same. I mean, look, we, we, this company, we've got such an amazing culture. I've got so many friends and people I, I talk to. My boss, Micah. Oh, hi, Micah. Um, <laughs> she, she's the most supportive person in the world. And she's been on that journey with me 
most of the time. So she, she, you know, she is great at supporting me and my family if we need doctor's appointments, exactly what, you know, what you have. Because of Daisy's <coughs> syndrome, we have uh, an eye doctor, we have a hearing doctor, and they can't discharge her, which is really crazy. They can't discharge her from their, her care because she can't answer the questions. Can you can you hear that sound? Even though we know she can hear, um, they will wow. never discharge her. So we still have to go to the eye doctor. We still have to go to the hearing doctor. Um, she has physio. She has gastric appointments. She has um, her occupational therapist appointments, her general pediatrician appointments. And, and if it wasn't for Micah and, and my team being so supportive, it would be impossible. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I would, I would definitely wouldn't have been in this company for 22 years if, if it wasn't like that anyway. Um, and everyone on the group, I think it's important we talk about two things. One is every single person on the Intel Intelligence Group who has their own issues for themselves or outside, in, you know, with some other lived experiences, not one person has said their line manager is not supportive. Every single person's got a supportive line manager, which is great. Um, so that's point number one. Point number two is... Um, we do some amazing stuff already as a company mm. um, for our guests, you know, sensory rooms and making sure we, we're making rides as accessible as possible, making sure we're um, putting subtitles and yeah. um, sign language in different areas. We're already starting from a really good base. I think what we're trying to help with, with the group is how do we become the, the world leaders in accessibility when you're visiting attractions? Because we know how difficult mm. it is Um and so we keep pushing that as that customers. Yeah. We know it as customers, yeah. right? Absolutely. Every yeah. time we go somewhere, we, the planning we have to do, absolutely, um, the positive intent we have to assume from the other side. Yeah, you know the plan Bs and Cs we have to have in our back, yep. back pocket just mm-hmm. in case. Yep. And it's um, it's the fact that those days out become so much more important as well because it's uh, it's family time. It's re- it's mm. amazing to have those experiences. Um, where you can try and be a normal family and yeah. you know yeah fine I love it when the team when teams interact with with Daisy and try and communicate with her um, and it, it makes a massive difference and it's those memories that we get to take away versus the the rest of the day-to-day yeah. life that we all have to have to go through and and again for for Daisy in particular you know she's I, I change her five or six times a day. She's four years old. She's strong. She's heavy. Mm. Um, so that's becoming more challenging. She has a special bed, which um, you have to zip her into because, again, in the night, she she wouldn't just lie down and go to sleep. She might fall. She would, yeah, she would just get up and keep walking around. She doesn't know when to switch off. So mm. she gets zipped into her bed, and we've got a routine. But, again people don't realize even that bed that bit it's especially made safety sleeper bed it's four thousand pounds for that bed which luckily the the council have supported us in purchasing um and then it's 190 pound a sheet for her bed sheets which is it's crazy cost and and again if we can as an as a company as attraction provide a really amazing day out where it's easy it's not difficult there's not lots of barriers it's and inclusive. things in the way. Inclusive, Absolutely, yeah. completely inclusive. Then it just makes the day out just so much more important. Um, and it gives mm. you that break from the day-to-day stress. That it you makes have. it a core memory, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it, it, it. May, yeah, it's the memories that you, you yeah. will all have Absolutely. as a family. Yeah. It's the breather yeah. from that second full-time job that you That's have right. as a parent anyway yeah. all parents have a second full-time yeah. job it's called parenthood but then the added layer of 
navigating disability, um, additional needs, neurodiversity, anything that yeah. might come up with that, on top of the full-time job, yeah. a day off is gold dust, yeah. right? Yeah. So anything that can make it a proper day off without worry or, or less worry yeah. or yeah. Um, seeing your child smile for a minute or two is, yeah. is, is, is gold it. dust, yeah. right? Yeah, and, they, and and yeah. you were you were telling me in one of our chats that because of Daisy's condition, it's so difficult to go on holidays, yeah. like go on yeah. a plane, and you know it's yeah. it, we it just we just don't. I mean, the the one time we took her away, it was pre her diagnosis. I think the kids were probably ten months, eleven months old. We were away for seven days in Spain. Five days we spent in intensive care with Daisy. We didn't think we were going to bring her home because um, we didn't have the diagnosis. She got um, a stomach bug. And she can't re regulate her temperature, and she already has gastric issues because of her syndrome. Wow. So, you know, we took her to hospital in Spain in intensive care. I carried her in limp and floppy, really, um, and they managed to bring her back around, which was great. But even then, I think the doctors were saying, "This kid won't sit up," and we were like, "Yeah, we, we know. know we're working on it, but we don't have a diagnosis." But ever since that. Um, I feel like we've we've had PTSD myself, like our family, because we just won't go on a plane and go away. It's just too it's too traumatic. We're scared something else is going to happen, which we will get over. We know we will get over. Um, but that, again, that's why a day out for us mm. is a holiday. holiday. That's it's a break from a normal life. It takes us out of the norm, and so yeah, it's um, it's it's just not easy. And and that's mm. the one thing we we try and convey in in the accessibility group is. It's it's not easy to to have this all you know day in day out um, where you're completely responsible for someone else, um, and so the days out are the important things. Yeah. How in all of this, um, the requirements from a child with additional needs, how do you make sure that you don't forget about yourself? And I and I ask this as somebody <coughs> who. I, I preach it and I teach it in, in my courses and my facilitation and when I coach other people. And I really, really had to train myself to do it during our journey as a family. So we got officially diagnosed in 2016, um, but unofficially I kind of knew many years ago, mm. if I'm being brutally mm. honest. And it's only recently that I've started, up, up, I'm, so I'm, I'm doing therapy weekly and that's my kind of self-care way and I'm, I'm into my yoga. But I, I think of all these parents that kind of put the child needs above everything else and how sometimes we just need to be reminded to not forget about ourselves yeah. in the nicest possible way because yeah. if we are not healthy and well and functioning, how can we provide... Yeah everything that child needs and go above and beyond and go through the sleepless nights and you know yeah. just cope you know just bloody cope mm. so what what do you do to keep sane Me, uh, <laughs> i've been playing back well this year i've been playing basketball for 40 years so every thursday my basketball group yeah <laughs> I, I love i that's why we need to have a chat with Scott. <laughs> <laughs> you and Scott talking basketball uh, that's another yeah. podcast well, i'm a big Sixers fan yeah. as well so uh, yeah, but with me, it's um, Sports, basketball. That kind of outlet. Uh, two hours a week, every week, without fail. And it just gives me that release, a bit of banter with Brain my mates. Brain space. And, and, uh, and then sometimes picking up the control pad, a bit of Xbox now and then. 
and now Hunter's getting into like playing oh, on nice. the Xbox and stuff. So you can compete. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I never compete with him because he's got to win <laughs> all the time. I've learned that that he needs to win, and if mm. he doesn't. We have the same issue. Literally. Even when we get something wrong on homework, oh, it, there's tearing yeah. of pages, and yeah. so um, we c- he 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 cannot cope with the feeling of being wrong. Yeah, and he's had great school reports since we've moved schools. Yeah, all castle in Bridgend, absolutely, everybody there is phenomenal. But the is he's like we'll be talking and be like oh I did have a bit of a cry because I was frustrated mm. about doing this and it's just like oh Hunter you know and I try and say. There's other things to worry about. Yeah. You're really doing well, you know. You're healthy, um, you're learning. Yeah, but I, and it does sometimes, you know, I'm just like, oh, you know, and I am an emotional guy, you know, because it's just, I feel so blessed to have him after everything we went through. And even with the diagnosis, it's that little, like you said, it's breaking that obstacle and getting back on your yeah. path and going mm-hmm. forwards. And yeah, it's really, um, but yeah, basketball's my. That's your outlet. That's my outlet, yeah. And went to pitch for a court somewhere in, in, in a Merlin attraction. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> my 45-year-old knees, though, don't like it on a Friday. <laughs> we'll work through that obstacle when we get to that. What, what do you do, Steve? Uh, I, I love spending time with my family. And as difficult as it is, that is also how I relax. Like It's nice to, to play games with the kids and make them smile. So I, I enjoy that. But I think when we when we put Daisy to bed finally and we close her door and we know she's safe and she's going to take herself to sleep, like, I just feel myself relax mm. instantly. Shoulders like drop. I d- I d- I'm not a carer for that instant and I can just relax, she's safe and I can just do what I want to do and s- similarly, yeah, fine, I love jumping on my Xbox but I also, I like just watching TV but not like documentaries and things that bring us back to the normal world. I mm. like things that are not in the normal world because it just... What's in the not normal world? I mean, we, were we were just talking about yeah. Star Trek, Star Lost. Wars, Star Trek, yeah, yeah Lost, all, all, just lots of different things. Lots of things that um, don't make you think about your normal day-to-day day life, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's mania. But then also, I've I've got a, a Peloton, so I love working out. I'm really enjoying that, been enjoying that for the last um, couple of years. Um, and now we're doing the Merlin... 1500 mile challenge uh, with everyone please donate um, to celebrate 15 years of Merlin's Magic Wand so um, e- even that's just giving me focus gives me a reason to get on the bike and go for a ride and you can switch off and, and just focus on mm. yourself for, um, for a mm. minute which is which is really important yeah um, when you think about sort of the kids future and, and what's coming and all that what is your biggest worry so I was I was reflecting on this in the train um, and it, it goes to show how different autism is depending on each case, right? So um, we our biggest development area is communication, verbal communication. So we're doing a lot of speech therapy, um, but everything else is on the neurotypical scale, which is, is mm. really strange, right? You, you said about Hunter that his academic ability is amazing, and then it's, it's more kind of the emotional yeah. bit. So it's, every child is different. But one of the things I was thinking about was... Um, you know, going into teenage life and the hormones and the emotions and the change in the body and and everything else. And um, I I just see a very different personality to my baby boy two years ago. I see a man in the making. Mm. 
Mm. I, I see, um, what did I try to do for him this morning? Grab his bag and, and put it in the car. And he got so annoyed. It's like, it's my bag and yeah. I own it. And you need to know that by now. And I was like, okay, I was just trying to uh, not miss the school bus, but okay, <laughs> I message received. Yeah, feedback yeah. is a gift. Um, and I was thinking, wow, like there's a, a changing personality, a man in the making with with all the other needs that he might have he still has a very strong personality mm. that, that the world needs to accept the, the way he is. And then it got me thinking about, you know, the future and everything else. And I thought, no, you need to stay in the moment. You need to kind of one, one day at a time. But th- does it ever come to you in that way? Do you ever think, <sighs> what's next? No, what, what do I, I have try to and stay in the moment, like yeah. you say. Because you can't control what comes next. Yeah. So I've always just... Almost like you said, when you put here and you go, she's asleep, and you're like, ah, you know. I just think, I yeah, that's just, I can't. I don't want to think about it because I no. think it'll worry me even more. Yeah. yeah. Even though I know he's gonna be fine, because <coughs> I will, me, and my wife, and my family will support him no matter what. Um, you know, I, I can't do it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm the same. I say to my wife quite a bit when she's worrying about the future. I say we've got to get there first. Yeah, um, let's get to we've that. We've had day. so many close calls with Daisy uh, anyway. Once when we were in uh, away, and then a couple of months ago she was in in hospital. The first inter- internal yeah, intelligence call, call we did, yeah. she was in her special bed in hospital because she had got tonsillitis. And but again, she, drugs don't work. Yeah, fever well, doesn't well, she, come she down. can't tell us um, that she's got a sore throat. So by the time you know, it's already too late. And at that point, she was starting to get dehydrated. Her tonsils had near enough closed her throat, so they couldn't put um, tube. tubes down. So we couldn't get liquid in her. Uh, again, with her syndrome, she's got quite small veins. And then when she's dehydrated, obviously that makes they, it worse. So yeah. they tried. Um, two cannulas in each hand, two cannulas in each elbow, uh, cannulas in her feet, and eventually that's called an anaesthetist and put one in her wrist. And, you know, the kid was a was like a pin cushion. Mm. And so we don't... We try not to think about the future because it's scary. Like, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it's going to bring. So we just try and live in the moment exactly like, like it seems like everyone else yeah. does. Yeah. But I did say to Daisy last night, actually, randomly, once we I've bathed her, I then have to... We call it our little wrestling match. I mean, she doesn't talk, but I'm wrestling her while she's um, trying to watch TV. She's trying to walk around. I'm trying to towel her down, dry her, get her dressed. And I, I said to her last night, God, one day you're going to win this wrestling match. That's that's a scary thought because she's be strong. Bigger. She's really strong. And and one day when she wins that wrestling match, I, I, don't, I, I don't think I'll win one again because yeah. she's going to be too strong. So again, I think we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Um, but yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's not worth thinking about, really. Let's let's get there. First. It's not helpful, no. and you can no. you can't control it yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, in in these last few years since you had the diagnosis, and you've had to learn a lot. I feel like I've become a bit of a PhD expert on neurodiversity, <laughs> and yeah. I feel like every time do you, do you do annual reviews with Hunter? The yeah. EHCP thing, yeah, and you do yeah, you yeah. do the same. So, for anybody that doesn't have the pleasure of uh, lived through an EHCP review, it's a thirty-five page document, written in a non-emotional, very pragmatic, matter-of-fact way, with the sole aim of getting extra funding for the child at school and therefore support. Yeah. Is a fair summary. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, it frustrates the living hell out of me because I. It's not. It's it's very. Um, 
generic it's not individualized mm, enough yeah. and every time we go through that process i get really anxious mm. about so what what's going to change like all of yeah. the things that are changing are the things you do with hunter the things you do with daisy mm. are the things i do with michalis in terms of that one-to-one extra bit of thing yeah. family time every yeah. day yeah. um and then that's just a vehicle for something, right? So I was having this chat with my husband and I said, it really frustrates me, that process. Um, and he said, think about all the parents that don't have it yet. Yeah. At least you have it. Yeah. And I thought, do you know what? That's a fantastic way to look at it because there is a lot of parents of children out there that haven't yet got the title, the, the diagnosis, mm. the, the what. Um, and they just don't know what's happening next. Yeah. They don't know how to help. Yeah. Um, so ours is coming this Friday. And I think this is probably going to be the first year that I will approach it in a positive manner. And I'll go, yes, how can we enjoy yeah. this and not be frustrated by the end of the hour and a half? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so in, in your journey in, in the last few years, what have you learned that you found most useful because some things I feel are really frustrating like yeah. when we got diagnosed we were just given a folder with some papers in it this is all about autism mm. oh great yeah, <laughs> yeah. We had, I remember what next having this conversation and I was like this is 50 pages <coughs> long and you just gave me a title for my son what do yeah. I do with it yeah. yeah like I want to know what's next what have you found helpful that another parent listening to this watching this can say, do you know what, actually, yeah, I need to do the same. For me, it was picking the battles. When that lady told me, just pick your battles, yeah. um, that really changed my percep- perception on everything. Yeah, with the food, how he was eating, mm. what he's eating. You know, so, so be mm. it. You know, if he wants to stim in Tesco's, and, you know, somebody... So more, what? Uh, exactly. So, so what? what? Yeah. yeah, and... Um, because there was times where he would, and then kids would be... S- and you'd be aware of it. Yeah, and, and I'd see them laughing, and mm. this one time we were in um, just an establishment, just getting some food, and a kid filmed him dancing, and I was like, well, you got to delete that, because that's illegal. Yeah, filmed Hunter yeah, having so a steaming for, moment. Yeah, and I was like, you know, and I was trying to educate this 16-year-old, Yeah, and I was like, you know, you can't really do that, so... And I'm amazed you were that calm about mm. it. Yeah, I. Well, it, it would ruin everything then, wouldn't mm. it? If I did, yeah. Plus, I'm a big guy, so <laughs> I'm 21 stone. I don't want to. <laughs> if I even just shove someone, they might go flying. But I think that's the thing you learn as well when you mm. have a child, let alone a child with a disability. Is you have to just try and educate. Mm. You know, try if something happens that towards the child, you know, you got to try and yeah help other people understand and that's the only way we can change things yeah, i find yeah like if we tell somebody off or we we're, we're mad at them nothing really is going to yeah. change in the world but if we educate that this brain just works differently exactly let's all step away yeah. take a deep breath and if you know if it's, it's annoying to you i'm sorry but that that's the way it is yeah, yeah. um yeah. and and that's a bit of education that, and that I we think do education that. is key yeah and talk like you said talking to other parents who have been through this and you know and hopefully with our group you know the way if people got questions you know we could all talk about it and you know know the right person to spearhead to about and be just be able to give that almost like peace of mind to that person and you don't know who they're going to talk to yeah yeah you, know, you don't know how that snowball's going to roll travels. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and 
that's just the best way to be. But pick your battles is always the one that's stood out for me. And um, for you, Steve? Um, What's helped you and, and your other half? I, th- I think the, the best thing that's helped you is just talking about it mm. like with other people because it's the only way you learn again there's no instruction book so um when daisy starts hitting puberty i'll be in touch with both of you guys go right how do i do this how and do she's a girl uh, so i don't yeah. know how much we can help yeah, conrad and i but, but you'll have we some will ex- only have yeah, the boy version yeah. but, but, <laughs> but you'll have some experiences which yeah. i which i'm just stepping into and so yeah. talking about it's really important and i remember um i, I chatting to conrad earlier when we started this group i had to brief the accessibility steer, steering com- steering group um which was a lot of people and i think that was the first time i've spoken about daisy and i got really choked up doing this big presentation to lots of people um and it's i think that's just opened the door for me to talk about it now and and which is helping then in terms of what we're trying to do with accessibility and Merlin, trying business, to improve it yeah. because we're talking about it all of us are sharing our stories and and some of them aren't pretty stories but they're their stories and and yeah. it's and it's great for us to talk about it and um, again the reception we've had is is amazing it's been really really good um, but if we can you know, drive accessibility and just just make one day's day better yeah. then that, that for me that's is key, the victory. that's 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 what we're doing so um, yeah I mean yeah the, I think just talking about it has been the Helping the important it's, thing, it's, yeah. It's daily therapy, yeah, isn't it? Otherwise, yeah. you think you're in it by yourself. Yeah. You you get very tunnel vision. You you know, you only see in, inside your four walls at home and your challenges and, and your then problems. You worry about the futures and all these things. Whereas actually, when you talk about it, you get those fears out. You can you can move on and get past it. It's it's then more realistic to manage. Yeah. I find because you've yeah. just spoken about it. Um, personally, for me, I found it extremely helpful to focus on his strengths. Uh, I was sharing this story yesterday. Um, he he had been to the bathroom and he wanted to dry his hands, and there was two hand dryers next to each other, and he put a hand under each, because that's faster. Now my neurotypical brain would have never thought of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I was stood there like a 36, 37 year old woman going, "I feel thick. Why haven't I ever done this before? <laughs> why has you? Why yeah. you thought of this and yeah, I haven't?" Yeah. And he was like, yeah, that's how I dry my hands. Yeah. And he just stepped out. And I thought that, you know, that the power of, of your brain working differently yeah. somehow in, in the future workplace, including it and making it part of yeah. the design, the decision making, that would be my dream. Yeah. Wouldn't that be amazing? Mm, absolutely. And um, Daisy's been in her, her special needs school for a couple of years now. Year one, she was a disaster in school. Mm. She just didn't get it. And she, I don't, think she knew why she was going she was getting nothing out of it it was just a place for her to to go and then something has has worked something's happened so now she loves school mm. and we've seen such amazing development in her um and so just even using like visual aids and stuff mm. to communicate yeah have she she can't she still doesn't tell us she wants it and she still makes mistakes but the teachers told us that one day she came up to them and she had taken one of these visual aid stickers off of the wall and taken it to the teacher wow. and it was like the playground symbol so she wanted to go play so they put her shoes on took her out and now at home we've we've got these visual you've cards with sound tiles as well so we've put the so all she has to do is go up and touch it and wow. sometimes it's drink sometimes it's food sometimes it's outside 
sometimes it's bath time at one o'clock and you can't yeah. then tell her no it's not it's not bath time um so it it works and it doesn't work but it gives us a little bit of a um a hope for the future and and mm. i think um yeah we've got some th- there's things that we can do to improve her yeah. life and and we focus on those and hopefully one day some of them will work i love it we have a lot that we're working on and we have made an amazing impact already just in the year and a bit that we've been going as as an internal intel group um what would be a real magic wand type moment if we had achieved in let's say 12 months time well what is your vision for the group my vision for the group and, and the way we see if we we're being successful and impactful is are we winning more awards in Merlin than we normally win? And I say that first because it's, it's really important because we've to got be to celebrate the good stuff. Yeah. Like, we can't always just say, you know, I said to Conrad earlier, we're not, we're not the accessibility police. That's not what we're there for. We're there to just, you know, celebrate help, the really support. good things and yeah. help and support. So I would hope we are, um, we're winning awards, we're funding projects to Im- to improve accessibility. Putting changing spaces into into our attractions would be a really significant win. Um, we should be designing attractions more inclusively, mm. which again we're doing some work on at the moment, and we'll be sharing that with. Um, I'm so excited with, about with that. the wider business. Yeah, so we can look mm. at how do we make things more inclusive, but also not like stand out. Like they need to feel part of the experience. They need to feel quite natural. And Sardra says it all the time, but it's, you know, it's built in, not bolt on, mm. is what we should be going for. I love that. And I think that's 100% right. So I think we'll, we'll start doing some things like that. I mean, we're, we're working on um, a new attraction in Hamburg um, where we have a laser maze. And we've got these attractions all around the world where we have, have laser mazes. And I asked a question the other day saying, if a wheelchair user goes into a laser maze... They're just going to trigger every laser as they as they go around. So it's not it's not accessible. How can we improve that experience? And we've worked with our developer, um, myself and my team member, to put in a laser maze, which is going to be um, timed. So the lasers ah. go on for a few seconds, then off for a few seconds. So a wheelchair user can now navigate around That's that space. So cool. And we'll share that with every every attraction um, who's got a laser maze, uh, the software that we can just put in, and then suddenly all of our laser mazes which haven't been accessible are now accessible so the more we it's can do things win. like that it's that's not a small yeah. thing yeah. Yeah. So, so the more we can do things like that yeah. and the more we can spot opportunities then we're going to make that big change and it's because you have that experience yourself yeah. that you think about that customer that could be like yeah. Daisy could be like Hunter that's right. yeah. and needs different things I think it was it was asking the question so yeah. again like any advice to any team members ask the question how can we make it more accessible and, and yes, it can be anything you possibly need. And if you don't have the experience and knowledge that you do need, then reach out to That's one true, of us. Yeah. What we're, we're trying to promote ourselves as a group is we are 100% approachable. And Conrad's working on a way that people will be able to contact us, individuals, groups, team team members, whatever it needs to be, um, where they can contact us and ask us the questions to make that more simple. But we're also a safe space where you can ask the questions that you couldn't ask guests because mm. it's not right to ask those guests. But you can ask me a question in any way, um, and I'll give and you the rest the, of us. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, share. sorry. Yeah, we, we can ask anyone in the group a question, and we'll give you the the, the honest answer to it. Yeah. And, and yeah. we're not going to judge you for asking the question. And that's key, isn't it? You're not yeah. going to get judged. That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. 
that all the questions are valid and yeah. all yeah. the questions have, have a reason to be asked. Yeah. Um, what do you want to see? Uh, for me, um, my goal is accessibility digital. So mm. everything. Uh, so Neil and Sandra, were, before I joined, had worked with uh, an agency about accessibility on our websites. And I'd like to have that all done by the end of the year. And I think I'm on target. Dream so. big, Conrad. I love it. So, yeah. Um, well, Gardaland's going to be testing soon. And then we're going to do the People Portal. So I've been chatting with Orion there. And yeah, it's going to be... It's going to be interesting because you know, people see the People Portal all the time. And, and our website and when they book their tickets. Exactly. So that is my goal. And that's going to be part of the excitement stuff because now that we're thinking about changing background colours on sites, mm. you know, I've started looking at things like, well, if the person's colourblind, how do they see mm. one of our websites? And so I was fortunate enough in the old job that I was able to really research all that and work on that. So... I'm just bringing my skills over, so. But by the end of the year, I love it. I can't and wait it's to on see the podcast, it. so we know now. Yeah, it's a commitment. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to that December website version. Um, I want to thank you both. Um, I told you it wasn't going to be that scary, no, was it? Thank oh, you. Yeah, thanks for inviting us. Honestly, yeah. uh, it's been an hour of uh, some soul sharing, yeah. uh, and some really deep personal stuff. But I think stuff that is. Uh, really relevant for a lot of people in Merlin and outside of Merlin because we all have some sort of experience of uh, disability, additional needs, uh, accessibility. Um, and to have a group dedicated to this internally, I think it's phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so well done for sharing it. Well done for all of the videos you've created <laughs> and the TED Talks and all the work that you do in Wales in a market the where there isn't <laughs> a lot and, yeah. and you kind of started that. And a massive thank you for being my guest today. Thank you. Oh, I really appreciate it. It was fun. It was good. Thank you so much. One last question oh. before you go. Uh, if I could have anybody on this podcast and, you know, time, money, no restrictions, who would you like to see on those, on those chairs, on that chair? Who should I invite next? What a question. <laughs> what a question. Who would you like to see? From it, from in the business, anybody, anybody, anybody. Yeah, it could be within the business as well. I'll pick two then. Go on then. So, uh, I'd love to see Justin Skinner on here because when I had my intro when I first joined, I was mesmerised about like where he worked before, and he's got a really good passion and then really articulate with how he delivers. So that'd be cool. Mm -hmm. Outside of this place. It'd probably have to be Phil Jackson, coach of the Chicago Bulls. So. Because, you know, he took, like... We need Scott's uh, magic yeah, uh, connections for that. Exactly, <laughs> because, you know, he took the Chicago Bulls and that documentary on Netflix. But then people forget, he took the Lakers to a three-peat with Shaq, Kobe. Yeah, I think that would just... He will have loads of lessons in leadership. <sighs> Definitely. Great suggestions. Who would faculty. you like to see? <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm not sure. I, I, I don't know. From in Merlin? Who would you like to hear from? I think uh, internally, I think um, there's a there's a lady in our internal intel group, Miriam, mm. who's the GM of uh, the Hamburg Dungeon. Mm. She's got some amazing stories to tell and she's, she's doing a great job for the in, internal intel group. So I think she would be a really good person mm -hmm. to speak to and, and find out how she overcomes some of her challenges and yet, you know, is 
implementing new things mm. we, we had a conversation on one intel group about potentially doing sign language tours in the dungeon and she's already she only went and done it. it she's doing it i mean I it's it that's 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 amazing the fact that she's done that so i think miriam would be great um outside of merlin i don't know i i i really don't know I'm not sure who somebody who inspires you uh who inspires me i'm trying to think back to my life i'm not I don't know. Picard, there you go. Jean-Luc. <laughs> Patrick's doing really good. Yeah. <laughs> you're giving me some really tough names to book, but I'll do yeah, my best. Yeah, yeah. No, I, don't, I don't think you're going to get them. No, I don't know. don't know. It's okay. Thank you so much. No, thank you. It was amazing. I yeah, hope I didn't you. make you too emotional. No, it was really I'm cool. I, I, I saw your eyes going at once, though, and I was yeah. like, stop talking, she's going to cry. <laughs> no, um, but it's okay. That's why we have hair and makeup. Thank you. <laughs>